What's up, my quackers? I got a very interesting show for you today. I hope you uh, are into words and etymology as much as I am, uh, because that's essentially what we're talking about today. Uh, but it, it will it'll be very more, very much more interesting than uh, than what it sounds like. <laughs> that does sound kind of boring. Not gonna lie, but it's it's trust me, it's very interesting. First off, let me just tell you: if you want to get in touch with me, you can. And email me at qwakhouse at proton.me. Uh, if you're inclined uh, to share the show, uh, it'd be much appreciated. I really appreciate all the listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's uh, pretty surreal to me that people are uh, tuning in and listening to me speak about basically my interests and just what I'm learning about and uh, whatnot. So I'm very very excited that uh, we're getting some listeners, and I hope you're enjoying it. Well, I'll tell you what I'm, we'll be talking about, then I'm going to digress a little bit, and then we'll get back into it. So, essentially, like, letters are symbols, and words have pronunciations, which are syllables. The symbols, of the letters uh, create the words, the symbols, and that creates spelling, which spells and that's you know spells are magic so essentially spelling is magic it's a form of magic we've discussed language and how it's like a form of mind control and it's a, and how it can be used um so essentially I, i'm gonna be breaking down the uh the word imagination through its the the symbols and syllables that that it has now what i want you to realize about Imagination. Imagination is a fundamental part of of art, of creation, of everything. Uh, nothing comes to existence without imagination. God used his imagination to create the earth and us and all the universe. He was using his imagination. Everything that you touch, everything that you eat, it's all first formed in the imagination. Uh, and it's, I mean, I don't know about you, but you see in some, uh, just like artwork, uh, what people can do with just like, uh, I'm just thinking like the old, like they get like a huge piece of marble and they're able to create these beautiful, very detailed, in intricate, uh, pieces of art that are just masterpieces, beautiful. And it all started in their, in their mind's eye, essentially the imagination. I don't think it's a coincidence where there's actually three eyes in the word imagination. 
just having your imagination and being able to use it to its full potential, at least the potential that God gave you, using it up to there, would put you leaps and bounds ahead of just about everybody else. For lack of a better term, they don't really have imagination. They just go ahead and go out throughout, throughout their day uh, in someone else's imagination, essentially. Someone else is creating their world for them. And if you're listening to this, I want you to be able to create your own world, not not so you can be some type of God. I want you to follow Jesus and um, and God. But I don't. I want you to be able to use the gifts and talents that God gave you. And like I said, it's imagination is fundamental to that. So let's kind of go down and get the definition. Get the definition of imagination. So there's a few different there's a few different definitions, and the first one I'll read you. I'm going to read you all three. I think they're all important. So the first goes: the act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses, or never before wholly perceived in reality. So that's bas- that's talking about the unseen realm. What we usually you know we've talked about before. Let's go to definition number two. The creative ability, or the ability to confront and deal with problems, the thinking of the active mind. So it's like the, the act of thinking using your mind. It's that's that's interesting. And then uh, creation of the mind, fanciful or an empty assumption. Now I I find all all these interesting, where what could be imagined in the mind can become reality. And this is actually why language is so important. It, it, it helps you, your thoughts, and it, it's important uh, because language can control the formation of the thoughts or your ability to express that imagination. If you don't have the words to describe the imagined image, then how would you actualize the idea and manifest it? And... That kind of leads me, we're going to jump around a little bit and come back to imagination because I think it's important to understand manifest and how, or what it, the definitions and etymology of manifest so we can get that imagination really working and doing what it should be doing. Manifest means readily perceived by the senses, especially the sense of sight easily understood or recognized in the mind something obvious okay so that's the definitions now i'm going to read you the etymology it came from the late 14th century meaning clearly revealed to the eye or the understanding open to view or comprehension from the old uh, french manifest evident palpable well, around the 12th century for Latin, manifestus, plainly apprehensible, clear, apparent, evident, of offenses, proved by direct evidence, caught in the act. Prob- uh, probably came from manus hand, Proto-Indo-European root, man, equally, uh, basically meaning hand, and joining the word festus, which is identical the second element of infest. So manifesting something would be to make something actualized, to make it plainly 
obvious. Now, let's jump to obvious. It's easily discovered, seen, or understood, being in the way or in front of. Now, the etymology for the word obvious came around the uh, 1500s, frequently met with from Latin obvious, ob obvious, that is in the way, presenting itself readily, open, exposed, commonplace, from obvium, in the way, which is from ob, the first part of it, in front of, and vium, or via, equals way. The Proto-Indo-European root is wegay, W-E-G-H. I think it would be pronounced like wegay or something like that, uh, which means to go, move, transport in a vehicle, meaning plain to see or evident. So essentially, in order to have your imagination manifest into reality, you must have an obvious idea or picture uh, 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 to convey it. You got to have the words in order to bring that into an actual, uh, to be actualized. Think about it. Think for somehow you, you came up with this new, uh, a new color. How would you describe a new color that's never been seen before? You wouldn't really be able to. You couldn't make it obvious. You wouldn't be able to manifest it. But, I mean, that's that's an abstract one. It's just, we only have a certain amount of colors we can actually see just because of the light spectrum and whatnot. I mean, every, just think about it. Every invention has always come from somebody's mind, from their imagination. They had a obvious picture of it in their mind, and they were able to copy that and bring it into our reality. So let's get into the, we'll get, we'll get back to the, imagination and the imagination's etymology and then we're gonna break down the word through the symbols and syllables so imagination faculty of the mind which forms and manipulates images came about in around the 14th century from old french imagination concept mental picture hallucination from Latin, imaginationium, a noun of action from pa past precipital stems, uh, stem of imaginary, to form an image of represent. From amigo, or amigo, an image, a likeness, or imitary, to, Im to copy or imitate. The pi root, or the proto indo uh, root, would be aim, you know, spell A-I-M, uh, meaning to copy, which is, to me, I think that's uh, pretty profound because to copy, if you're using your imagination and you're, you're, you think you come up with something, but it's actually just copied, copied from where? From that unseen realm. That unseen realm has, I, I think it was that, that Ayashi Records or something that has like all the ideas and thoughts that have ever been thought or I think that it is a place, but I think that it, it's basically God's mind, and I don't know, you might be able to tap into it or something, I'm not entirely sure, I'm not trying to do New Age, get into that type of stuff, I, I just, 
find the, uh, the unseen realm and just uh, to be fascinating. So let, uh, that's the etymology of imagination. Now let's get into, or let's break it down uh, more. And I think the first word that you really see in imagination would be image. Now image, uh, the definition for image would be a picture or a likeness, the, a mental picture or impression. Uh, the popular conception projected, especially through mass media. Now, that, that's an interesting definition, where it's just it's almost saying uh, could be it, it, images can be used for propaganda. <laughs> um, the uh, etymology of image is uh, started around the twelfth or thirteenth century. Piece of statutory artificial representation that looks like a person or thing. Old French image, uh, likeness, figure, drawing, portrait, reflection, or a statue. Earlier, around the 11th century, imagine from Latin imaginium, copy, imitation, likeness, statue, picture. Also, phantom, ghost, apparition stems from imitary to copy, imitate, and it has the same. Uh, Proto Indo European root aim to copy. You know, that's always, uh, you know, it's said that God created us in his image or in his likeness. So essentially, it's saying he, he copied us. And I, like I've been saying, it's a seed war. So, in my opinion, Adam, you know, Adam was from God's seed. So, Adam is from God's seed, and from which everyone is descended from. I guess technically it would be Noah's line because after the flood, that's the only people left. But anyway, let's get into the second word in imagination. So if you take out or image, you're left with the word nation. Now, nation is defined as a community of people possessing a defined territory and government or a tribe or federation. Now, the etymology of the word nation is quite interesting. Start around the 14th century. Uh, nation, a race of people, large group of people with common ancestry and language. From the old French of nation, birth, rank, descendant, relatives, country, homeland. Uh, 12th century Latin, nationum, or nation, birth, origin, breed, stock, kind, species, race of people, tribe, literally that which has been born from natis, past participle of nesi, er, be born, old Latin, nasio, from the Proto-Indo-European root gene. Give, uh, which meant give birth or begot, with derivatives referring to procreation and familiar and tribal groups. So you can see why that's interesting, because I, if you listen to a couple episodes ago, I mentioned, I essentially mentioned that it, uh, we have a seed war going on between the seed of God and the seed of Satan. So essentially, my opinion saying 
seed war or the war of warring nations or uh, nations at war. They're all the same thing. It's it's all right. So we can actually break down imagination even more. And if you look at the word image, basically, you know, you can break that down to I mage, but it's spelled, you know, with imagination, it's spelled I am a G. So like I mag, but if you move the I to the back, it's mag I, which is mag I's definition is uh, the plural of magus. Uh, so we'll jump to Magus, um, and it's essentially a, a member of a heredi hereditary priestly class among the ancient Medes and Persians, but it's also often used as like a magician or a sorcerer, astrologer, uh, an occultist, alchemical, or uh, alchemist. Uh, so it has basically magical meaning. So uh, let's just... It's so close to the word, the spelling of the word magic. I I just feel like we have to go there. So you look at the magic. Uh, it, it's etymology. It it goes, the art of influencing, predicting events and producing marvels using hidden natural forces. Also, supernatural art, controlling actions of spiritual or superhuman beings. Essentially, I, I believe it's talking about uh, demons and being able to control demons. It's Proto-Indo-European root word is Magahe, spelled M-A-G-H, which uh, equates to uh, to be able or have power. Okay. That is very interesting. Um... Because if you think about it, the uh, three wise men that went to visit Jesus, they were looking up in the sky, they were astrologers, so that made them magi, magis, and they, you know, they gave Jesus some gifts, and they visited him. So I find it, I find that, that little bit of uh, Jesus' birth story pretty interesting, how they essentially had astrologers coming to Jesus. Uh, because they saw a, a star in the sky that they'd never seen before, and they were able to follow it and find him. And they were people from uh, they were uh, from the east, but so they would have been traveling to the west. Not that that's uh, that really I don't know I don't have any importance of that right now, but I'm looking into stars and that type of stuff. Um, I'll have a very interesting episode eventually coming with that, but I'm digressing. Uh, let's go to nation and how we can break down, uh, that word with the syllables. It's nation. Now I'm using the definition and etymology of the word, uh, spelled N-A-Y because it's, there's really nothing for N-A <laughs> to be found. But so anyway, nay. It's a word of negation or refusal. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, you know, people, when they go to vote, it's like, yay, do you vote yay or nay? And so it's always obviously a, a no vote. It comes from Scandinavian or Old Norse, 
nay and e i and it's, that's a compound of an e not and that's the proto-indo-european root is an e not and it's okay, that comes from the proto-germanic i don't even know how to a we a i w i extended from the pi uh proto-indo-european root a i w which meant vital force life uh long life or eternity so that i that's a it took a turn like the the proto the the root words for it essentially meaning life and then that goes to it morphs into the word no essentially which i i don't know how that even happens but it, it i find that interesting <laughs> And that second part of nation is shun. So you know what shun means? It's to uh, to avoid deliberately. And the the etymology, Middle English, uh, it came from Middle English, shunin, uh, which meant keep out of the way, avoid a person or a place, refrain from, neglect. Uh, from the Old English, Scanian, run away from, avoid, appear, loathe, seek, safety by concealment. Uh, it's a word of uncertain origin. It's not found in, in other Germanic uh, languages. And it's believed to have come from the Proto-Indo-European root, skew, S-K-E-U which meant to cover or to hide. So you have the word, you know, the word shun, basically meaning to cover or to hide in the path. So that's breaking, so that's breaking down, well, obviously I broke down the word, the word shun and how it's pronounced instead of the T-I-O-N. And the reason for, for that, the reason for not using the T-I-O-N and using the actual word shun is I believe it's might be spelled different, but it has the same pronunciation. So I I just think when it comes to the, the the spelling and words having spells, so yeah, it doesn't really matter how the word is spelled. I think it's the pronunciation of the word that gives the gives it the the magic of the spell. So let's put that all together though with with uh, the imagination, imagination, <laughs> the, you know, how SpongeBob just, imagination. Uh, we have Magga, or Magia. I'm, I'm using the Proto-Indo-European root words for this, uh, which is that to be able or have power, the near, which is not, and the Aya, which is a vital force, life, eternity, and the skew, S-K-E-U, which is to cover or to hide. So if you put the root words for all of the symbol or the syllables together, you essentially have uh, to be able to cover or hide life. So to basically to or to, to shun the genes, essentially, 
to get rid of the seed or have power over the genes and seed. So you can you can see how the imagination, uh, a thing which is so important, is actually like casting spells upon us that we're like unaware of, hide our vital life force and hide uh, our eternity. And if you're saved through Jesus, your eternity is forever. You know, but it's trying to hide that from you. Really, in conclusion, uh, the English language is riddled with spells and magic and has a way to basically control and manipulate and our thoughts and uh, has a way to like box them in because even if you think outside the box there's still uh, a defined box that you can only that you have to think in but because we only have a finite ability to perceive the unseen realm like I brought up earlier about the whole uh, a color that can't be seen, or like a new color, there's there's always a, a box that you have to be thinking inside of. You can't look at a window. You can only look through that window. I mean, you might be able to see the smudges on the window. You might be able to see the, the cracks in it. You might be able to see your reflection. But you can never actually see that window, can you? You can see the, the imperfections or the image in the window but it can never actually be seen. And that that's that unseen realm. That's that we're boxing ourselves in. <laughs> Went kind of abstract today. I'll have, I think I'll do more episodes like this. I'll try to bring in more uh, biblical speak, biblical verses and whatnot. Maybe break down instead of words, break down uh, verses or something. But I think it's, it's with this foundation of the, the podcast, I really want to break down, uh, get people thinking, using their imagination. You know, you don't have to take my ideas as facts. You can, I just want you to kind of entertain them. I want you to, uh, you know, think about them, entertain the idea without accepting as fact. Just try to... Just try to expand your mind and expand what, be aware of how your thoughts are actually, even my thoughts, I'm not saying just you, I'm saying everybody, everybody has this box that we're inside of that will never actually, the potential that God gave us, almost nobody is ever actually going to reach that full, absolute potential. All we can do is try our hardest and there's so many, I mean, it's a seed war, like I said, and there's so much going against us. There's so many forces in that unseen realm doing battle against us, trying to stop us from reaching that full potential, from using our imagination, trying to limit our, spe our speech and limit us while using their spells against us. And I think it's time that we really get a grip on that and figure that out and win this seed war for God. I think that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. You can contact me at the, uh, you can email me through uh, qwakhouse at proton.me. And 
Share the show if you found this interesting. See you later, Quackers. Peace. Rhythm on the inside, rhythm on the streets, and the rhythm.